Uh, you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4 this morning. I'm torn between two messages, and the one I really, 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 really been burdened about it, and, and I think I'll hold that off to tonight, and uh, I preached on that tonight, but uh, uh, today I want to just preach on something that uh, uh, I, I, I picked up a new toy. It's not a new, but it's new to me, and I... Uh, I was sitting playing with it out on the deck and looking as a telescope and looking like, but I'm telling you what, when you look at a telescope that's 600 power, you see stuff that you couldn't see before. So uh, I'm preaching this morning on the scope of the Word of God, the scope of the Word of God. You, you know the Bible has a lot to say about the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about the Bible. The Scriptures are the greatest commentary on the Scriptures. And there's never been a book that's written like this, nor will there will ever be another book written like we have here. It is a book that is true. It is a book that, book that is honest and pure. This book is the final authority on all orders of our practices and faith and everything. We turn to this book to find what we need to find. I find that when I pick the Bible up to read it, I'm not actually reading the Bible, but the Bible is reading me. When I find that I'm examining the Bible and the Scriptures, I find that the Scriptures are actually examining me. Amen. So in Hebrews chapter 4 this morning, Hebrews chapter 4 this morning, uh, verse number 12. And the Bible says, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder of the soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and the discerner to the thoughts of intent of the heart. Now that's pretty deep stuff right there. That's just some deep stuff. Neither is there any creature that is not manifested in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto his eyes of him who him with whom we have to do with. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you and praise you for what you've done. We thank you for your mercy and grace. Father, we just ask you to open our hearts. And Lord, uh, speak to our hearts this morning, Lord. Give us peace and comfort throughout this time that we're facing, Lord. And we just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Bible says the, the words of the Lord are pure words. As pure as silver tried by fire of earth. And purified seven times, and thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from thy generations forever. We realize that the Bible is the law of the Lord, and it is perfect. Because it's perfect, it has the capability to convert the souls this morning. I'm glad I don't have to question the book that I have in my hand. I'm glad there's no doubt of this book that I have in my hand. I know there, there's those who would say, well, there's some things wrong in it somewhere. There, there might be a word wrong. But let me just say this. I have no doubt that every word in this book is God's word. Amen. So I'd like to preach this morning on the scope of the scriptures. There is no race, creed, or color that the scriptures cannot reach. Uh, uh, there's not a, uh, uh, 
intellect uh, from the highest to the lowest of IQs uh, and not even to the richest and to the poorest and all of them that's in between that, that the scriptures has not affected in some way. There's no place in the planet of earth that the scriptures has not affected in some way or order. I, I, I read some stories. I've been reading some stories on documentaries on the wars. And I read the one on World War II and how Japan uh, had had no actually no uh, uh, capability of producing uh, things in their own country, so they decided that they would attack and invade other countries uh, to have this natural resource within their country, and they believed that the country belonged to them anyway. So the biggest threat they had was the United States. So this general decided that he would take, and he would go to the United States Harbor, uh, Pearl Harbor, and he would bomb that, and he would let the United States know that, hey, you're not out of our reach. We can reach you. So they went and bombed Pearl Harbor and everything, and, uh, and the country was in disarray, but uh, the leaders got together and said, what can we do? Uh, and this Colonel Doolittle said, you know what? We need to send a message, and we need to hit the heart of Japan and let them know that they're not out of our reach either. So he came up with this plan that said he'd take aircraft carriers and we'll launch bombers off it, and it's never done before. So he would get uh, the aircraft carriers and they'd get as close to Japan as they could as they, they possibly could. And then they'd launch the bombers off and they would go out and they'll drop their bombs right into Tokyo. Letting Japan know that, hey, you're not out of the reach. You're not out of the scope of the United States. Well, one time they got uh, 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 detected earlier than what they needed to be. And so they had to launch the, the aircraft earlier than what they had to be. They, they made it to their point to drop the bombs, but they couldn't make it back because they didn't have enough fuel. And some were ditching and some was just bailing out and everything. And one guy that bailed out was named Jacob Bezozer. Now, he came from a Christian family, but along the way, he had drifted away from the Christian faith. And he got captured in the POW camps in Japan, and they were not very nice people when they captured the POWs. And while he was in prison there, he, he, he was looking for a Bible. And, and finally, there was a Bible that was smuggled into him. He got the Bible. He got the reading of the Word of God. And even in the POW camp, he gave his heart back to God there. And he said, I'll serve you, Lord. Lord, no matter what, he said, I'll, I'll love you. He says, but Lord, if you get me out of here, if you let me survive this POW camp, I will come back to this country, to these people who had treated me this way, and I'll be a missionary to them. Well, God delivered him. He got out of POW camp, the war was over, and sure enough, he went back to the very same people that had him in captivity, the very same people that treated him, mistreated him in POW camp and became a missionary, and he witnessed to those that held him captive, and they got saved. There is not a place that the Word of God cannot go to, that the Word of God cannot reach. The scope of that is beyond our ability. I was in uh, California, 
And, and you, just, you see the ungodliness around. You, everywhere you turn, there are those that hate the Bible, those, those that uh, uh, despise the Word of God, there's those that defy the Word of God, and you see it there. They're open about it. So we went to this uh, 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 restaurant. Uh, everybody might not have heard of it. It's the In-N-Out Burgers, one of the well-known places in California. And let me just say, if you ever get to California, go to In-N-Out Burger, 333 Jefferson Street, and you can get you some great burgers. But if you got to looking at this, the wrapper of the fries and the wrapper of the burgers and the, the cup, you know, I got to looking at it and I saw there are scriptures written on those cups, on those wrappers. So here is a man that is a Christian that owned this and he's trying to reach those that are lost in, in that city. He's trying to reach them out and he's letting them know, hey, the scriptures are not bound. There's no boundary to scripture. And he's letting the people know, hey, I can get to you. So the scope of the scriptures. First of all, the scope of the scriptures is a microscope. In verse number 12 it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of the son of the soul and spirit and in the joints of the mire and the discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. You know what a microscope is. It, it, it's a, uh, uh, something that lets you see that what normally you cannot see with the naked eye. A microscope is something that lets you uh, look down and see things that you're not able to see and highlight it on your own. I, I know that every one of us just knows what a microscope is. We've done it through school. Uh, uh, we've had them in. We take that little slide, we slide it up under there, and we'll crank it down and look at it. And you see things that when you pull it out, you cannot see with the naked eye. And it's done by mirrors and back in those days by light. It will shine down. It will show you things on that slide that you could not see with your naked eye. Well, can I say this? A microscope illuminate those things that we could not see with our eye. And so is the scriptures or microscope. It lets you examine things that you can never see without the light this morning, without the microscope, without the scriptures this morning. I'm telling you, if you want to get something right in your life, insight in your life, if you want to get some insight for your finances, if you want to get some insight for your family, you don't have to turn to talk show. You don't have to turn to NCB, NCBCS and ICS and all these other TV shows. You just get a hold of the Word of God. You pick the Word of God up and let the Word of God look at you. Let the Word of God examine you and it'll point out things in your life that you never could see without the naked eye. James said it's a mirror is the Word of God. The microscope used mirrors Thy word is a light unto my feet and a lamp, light unto my path. James said that, that we look into the perfect law of the Lord, the perfect law of liberty. You know what? Some people don't like the Bible because it examines them. It looks too deeply into their lives. Amen. It, it highlights those things that should be highlighted. It, it, the Bible ex tells us exactly what we are. It examines us too deeply for some people. It shows you too deeply 
what you are. I've never heard anybody getting out of bed and walking in front of a mirror and got that goop in your eyes, your hair's all cocked to one side, and you're just looking at it, and looking in the mirror and saying, Mirror, you're a liar. The mirror is showing you what you look like when you got out of bed. You're not looking real good. And you say, Mirror, I know my hair ain't messed up like that. I know I'm not jacked up like that. I know I don't look like that. Mirror, you are a liar, and I'm going to go out just the way I am because I believe I'm right. No, you're not. But I believe there are some people when you go to Walmart who actually said, Mirror, you're a liar and I look good. No, you don't. Amen. The mirror is to show us things that are wrong with us. The mirror is to point out things. But it's not our job to correct the mirror. It's not our job to tell the mirror what is wrong with us. It's our job to correct the things that the mirror shows us that is wrong in our life. But people don't want to be shown what's wrong with their life. People don't want the Word of God to get too deeply into them. We're to change what the mirror tells us to change. When the mirror tells us our heart is out of shape, we ought to comb it. The mirror tells us our face is dirty, we ought to wash it. Amen. The Word of God highlights what is wrong in your life. It examines it. It puts you under that microscope and brings it out. Good thing about the Word of God, not only does it show you the positive side, but it also shows you the negative side. We love the positive side. We want the things that are positive in our life, but we never like to be shown those things that are negative in our life. Amen. And every one of us can say, hey, I, I, I got a lot of positive things in my life, but all of us ought to admit there are some negative things in our life this morning. I was talking to a preacher when I was in Georgia one time. And I'll let everybody know where I go. I don't fly. You know that about me. I just don't fly. He says, well, you know what? I hadn't flown but one time. And he said, I won't fly again. I said, what's your reason? I explained what my reason was. He said, well, a friend of mine had a little Cessna plane, a little two-seater, and said uh, he was going on a business trip, and he said, well, he'd like to come along with me. Would you go up with me? I said, he said, sure, I'll go with you. So he's on this plane, they're flying, and he's doing all this. And he's sitting right beside them, they're sitting beside him like that. And he said, uh, he fell asleep. He fell asleep. And about that time, he was awakened by the pilot, his friend, was elbowing him in his side. He says, he, he kind of woke, he says, what's wrong? Pilot said, uh, you need to get ready. He's already done called ahead, they done phoned the runway, they got the emergency equipment all set and ready. We're getting ready to land this plane without wheels. He said, wait a minute. And the, the guy said, you need to start praying. And, and the preacher said, you know what? Where is the manual to this plane? He said, I'm not going to pray until I read the manual. 
to find out. He said, well, it's in the back back there. And that preacher said he got up and he went in the back back there and started throwing things around and finally found the manual. He opened the manual up and he said, he said the landing gear. He went to landing gear and he started reading about the landing gear. He said, in case the landing gear does not go down, there will be a red light flashing on the dash. He says, I see the red light. He says, I want to know what I can do to stop that red light. He said, all of a sudden, he kept reading. He says, if you see that red light up under the dash, there's a crank. Just crank it 40 times, and on the 40th time, that light should go green, and when it goes green, that landing gear is down. He said, I cranked it 45 times. The light went green. I wanted to be sure that it was there. And then he said this, what stuck with me. That's the way most Christians pre, uh, treat prayer. Well, let's just pray about it. Somebody say, let's just pray about it. And you know what? Maybe you ought to just read what the book said to do about it and do what the book said to do. God's done said you need to come to church. Amen. I don't need to get up in the morning. I'm going to pray if I need to go to church. God done said I need to be in church. God said I need to read the scriptures. I don't have to get up and say, well, I'll, I'll pray if I, I'm going to read the scriptures today. God said you ought to witness that I don't need to pray about it because God's done said these things I already need to do. Amen. We treat prayer like it's an emergency. I'll, I'll pray about it. I'll, I'll pray about that. We're doing that. Baptists are using prayer as an excuse. We'll just pray about it. The problem is, a lot of people knows what the book says. They, they've been around it enough. They've heard enough. They know what God has said in his word, but that microscope has examined them too deeply in their life. There's a lot of Christians that don't want to be examined too deeply this morning. You may say, hey, I, I love to be examined. I want to get those things out of my life that doesn't need there. But when God puts you under that microscope and start cranking down and it gets right down into the heart of the matter, you say, whoa, stop. That's too deep for me. You're getting a little close to home now. I don't like that. That's the reason why we don't see people in churches anymore because the word of God has examined them to the place they don't like. The scope of the scriptures. Yeah, the scriptures are a stethoscope for listening. In verse 12, it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Last time I was in the hospital and I was laying there and they kept coming in and they, they checked this, checked that, done this, done that. And I was just getting bored. I've been there for a long time. Just, and when the nurse came in, she said, let me listen to your heart. She flapped that thing on me. I, I'm sitting there. I says, hey, what do you hear? She said, I hear your heartbeat. I says, can I listen to it? I never heard my heartbeat. I felt it, but I've never heard it. She said, sure. She plopped that thing in my ear, slapped that thing on me, and a kaboom, it's a kaboom, it's a kaboom. You know what I find out when she done that? 
not only does it magnifies the sound that you're trying to get a hold of, but it blocks out all the distractions around you. When those things are in your ear, you hear nothing but what that stethoscope's on. You can't hear anybody else around you. You can't be distracted by the things around you. You're just hearing what God said. Listen to this. You know what? We're, we've got a lot of distractions in our life. When, when you get distracted in the Word of God. Listen, we're living in a crazy world. And I need something that's going to tune out all the distractions in this world. And listen, on Sunday morning when I get out of bed, I can't turn the TV on. I can't start watching news because I get upset. I get frustrated. I get mad. I get angry. I get in the flesh. I can't listen to those things. I have to stay out of those things. I've got to tune out all the distractions because it upsets me. There are people who are cheating. But listen, if all we do is just get distracted, we become a miserable Christian. It will make you depressed. It will make you angry. You're not focused anymore. You're not listening to the things you need to listen to. You're being distracted. So in order I do what I do, I tune out and tune in. When I tune out and tune in, the stethoscope of the Word of God will start letting me hear the things I need to hear. It will stop all the distractions around me. It will silence all the distractions around me. When I, when I start tuning into the Word of God, I stop listening to the things that are around me, and it starts giving me the voices that I need to hear, and I start hearing that voice from another world. I start hearing those things of God. I hear the Word of God, and it's from another side to let me know, come what may, as crazy it may get, it's going to be all right. And in this world that we're living in and the things that we're going through, we ought to just stop and let all the distractions go away from us and tune into the Word of God and let God speak to us and say, hey, it's going to be all right. Amen. Amen. A stethoscope, a microscope. I loved us when I got thinking about it. I said, you know, what else can that scope of the Word be? What other scope of the Scripture can? It's, it's a periscope. But it let us looking. A periscope, there's something that lets you see over obstacles. Uh, they're used in submarines. We know all about the submarines. They're, they're raised up and let you see above the water. And some helicopters have periscopes on them. They, they hover be, behind the mountainside, but their telescope is above and lets them see all the obstacles that's out there. All those things that can cause harm. All those things that can get you in trouble. That periscope will raise up and show you where those things are at. You know, the Word, the word of God is the same way. The Word of God will raise up and show you things in your life that are obstacle things in your life that you need to just stay away from. That's what the Word of God is. 
There are some things that we cannot see over, but the Word of God can see over. There are some things that we can't see out there, but the Word of God can see out there. Well, the Word of God is our periscope that sets up and looks over those things that are shielded from our view. I read this story about a Vietnamese named Pham. He was a Christian living in Vietnam during the war. He sided with the Americans. And he, he became a Christian and he worked with Americans. Then all of a sudden the Americans were pulled away. And when the Americans were pulled away out of Vietnam, then the North Communist Vietnamese came back in and took over again. And they found out that Pham was a Christian. And not only did they find out that he was a Christian, but he was also a sympathizer for the American people. So they threw him in prison. And in prison, they tortured him, they beat him, they put him in isolation, and they were just filling his head with garbage, and they was bombarding him with all this uh, junk, that in the, how he, he was wrong, how this stuff, they were just filling his mind. And when you're isolated, when you're from the world, uh, you just get in the darkness, and they bombard him with all this stuff. He got to doubting the God that he served was real. He said, I got so low that I, I, I was uh, uh, sinking so low that I start to even doubt that what I knew was real, that I knew that was sure that it was not sure anymore. How could God let me be in this place? How can God put me in a place I, I can't see nowhere? I, see, I can't see nothing. I'm all alone. He has forsaken you. And they start telling them, your God has forsaken you. If your God was real, you wouldn't be here. So they gave him the lowest job in camp to clean out the latrines. He said, I've reached bottom. Here I am, I'm so low that I got you the lowest job in the camp. I'm having to clean out the latrines. I'm having to go in this mess and I'm about to do this stuff and God has certainly forsaken me. He said he was out cleaning out the latrines and he said he seen a piece of paper. He said, I recognized the writing on the paper that it was scriptures. It had been torn and what they were doing, they were taking the Bible and they were ripping up and they were throwing it down into latrines. They were getting rid of the word of God. He says, I recognized it, that it was the word of God. I reached in, I pulled it up and I folded it up and I put it in my pocket. At the end of the day, when they threw me in that concentration room in that room that was dark, he said, a little slither of light came through and I pushed in it and pulled out that paper and I start reading it it says who shall separate us from the love of God shall tribulation stress persecution famine nakedness pearls a sword nay and all these things we're more than conquerors through him that loved us he said I got encouraged and my heart swelled up I was able to walk another mile. I was able to go again. I found what God said. God saw what I could not see. He saw what I could not feel. God was watching over me. I tell you what, when you feel like you're getting overwhelmed, you feel like you just can't see, just run your periscope up. God sees everything. 
And just think this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And this, we know that all things, all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. You can find things when you run the prayer scoop up in the word of God. In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I'm glad that we have the periscope of the Word of God. That when our life seems that we cannot see over our obstacles, our, our storms, when God's Word does. It's a microscope. It's a uh, stethoscope. It's a periscope. And like that little toy I got, it's a telescope. Galatians 3 and 8. And the Scriptures foreseeing. What a book can't foresee the future unless it's a living book. You know what? This is a living book. Amen. I can go to the library and pull out any book, and it cannot foresee anything. But when I read this work, this book here, it's living. I, in fact, I heard a guy one time says, you know what? This book is so live at nighttime, it gets up and runs around the house. I believe that. It is alive. That God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In these all nations shall be blessed. God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you. He said, I'm going to give you a seed as the stars in the heaven. I'm going to give you seeds as the sands of the seashore. That's a good God. But God, how are you going to do that? I'm old. Never had a child. God says, I'm going to do it through you and that old gray mare you got. Amen. You may not think it's good use anymore, but what God can do through what you... Oh, praise God. He said, I'm going to use you to build a nation. And God used him. Multiplied him. Blessed him. He told Isaiah, he says, you know what? I'm going to bring one that nobody will believe the report. I'm going to bring one that nobody's going to believe on it. God said, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of the dry ground. I said, I don't know anyone like that. I don't know anybody like that. You're right, Isaiah. You don't know anybody like that, but by the Word of God is foreseen those things are way off. As a periscope, you, you, you take that, para, that telescope and you look at it and you, you see things that when you look out like that, you say, I can't see that. But when you look in it, it just brings it into view. And that's what the Word of God does. It brings us into view of the things that we can't see. Things that we can't even wear. We, we look in the Word of God. Paul got to, uh, to write in the Romans in chapter 10, verse 13. He said, For who shall upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Who shall ever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved? Paul says, I, I'm part of that whosoever. He said, There are many that haven't or haven't been born yet, but are part of that whosoever. But I look down the telescope of the Word of God and I see those that are sitting in churches 
at home, on streets, not a part of the whosoever. Those who have been born again, those who have been washed by the blood. And you know what he said, whosoever. It's been opened up for everybody, not just some, but everybody. We've all become part of the whosoever. We all can be a part of the whosoever's. Scriptures are a microscope, stethoscope, periscope, telescope. And I just thought I'd throw this one in. Scriptures are a horoscope. You know what a horoscope is. That's when some crazy person calls you and tells you, let me tell you your future. Let me read your palm. I can tell you what you're thinking. If you really can do that, if you can tell me what I'm thinking, why'd you call? Because I don't believe in it. I don't believe in that junk. But the word of God is your horoscope. You know what? Let, let me read some of your horoscope to you. Revelations. And whosoever ever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. Amen. This is the second death. The horoscope of it is, if you're not born again, hell shall be your home. You'll be cast in that lake of fire. There's no way out of it. That is your horoscope. That is your future. That is planned for you. For those who are not found, written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that is your future. You can't change it except whoever was found, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Oh, John said, I saw a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Hey, if your name is found in that Lamb's book of life, uh, you're going to a new Jerusalem where no pain, no suffering, no crying, no more death, no more parting, and God shall be your God. He'll be there with you. you. We shall be his people. He said, hey, if your name is there, this is your horoscope. This is where you're going. This is what you're facing. But let me just say this. It is true now. It is not changing. God's not going to change it. If you don't believe in God, you haven't trusted in God, you haven't and been washed by the blood, hell is going to be your home. But praise God, if your name's in the Lamb's book of life, you know where your home is at. Amen. Amen. God has certainly given us the tools to live our life. And in the Word of God, He has shown us places that we can go to in time of hurt, in time of suffering, time of pain, in disarray and disappointment, there's scripture after scripture that will help you. It will examine your life. You say, well, my life ain't where it should be. Take the word of God and let it examine you. Let God put you under the microscope. He says, sometimes I just can't hear, but you ought to tune out some things. Let God start speaking to you. And the only way God's going to speak to you if you get into his word and start reading his word. I, I can't see those things that uh, down the road. I can't see those obstacles that might get me in trouble. But take the word of God. It'll show you. It'll show you. And God will show you those things that are ahead of you. Oh, I'm so glad that John wrote Revelations. I know those things that are ahead of me. But Jesus said, I've overcome the world. Fear not. Fear not. We know our future. As a child of God, you know your future. Someone may be listening, I don't know. Your heart might not be right where it needs to be at. But the word of God will bring you into the line with him. You may not be saved, I don't know. 
But the Word of God, the scope of the Word of God, knows no boundaries, no borders. It reaches all. There's no one excluded. He didn't die for some. He died for all. Every one of us. That's why it's so important that we become great witnesses for the faith. Great witnesses for the word. Great witnesses for Jesus Christ in this world. We need to be that. And we do that. God will show us things in his words that we never thought of. I, I beg of you to get closer to God by getting closer to his word. And God will show you great things.